In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Lewis, your host, and my goal is to make you aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. We also talk about business issues that leaders need to be aware of if their businesses successfully in today's global marketplace. If you're a returning listener, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from, and if you're new, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything business issues, such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations, to leadership issues, such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes or on Google Play. Listen to this series to get great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from that motivate you and stimulate new ideas and possibly even be the key to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to ease, send me a mail. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for your business or for yourself. And now on to what we're going to talk about today. Men hold the overwhelming majority of the positions in IT leadership. Women fill less than 17% of these positions and less than 11% of CIO positions in the top performing companies. This lack of diversity means an issue and the numbers are likely not to improve a lot in the next words, begin to boost diversity. Digitally focused companies are trying to better the numbers by choosing leadership roles inside IT and really scouring the universe for female candidates for positions such as CIOs. Initiatives like Europe's 2020 legislation, which has the goal of reaching a 40% gender diversity on the boards of publicly held companies by 2020, has boosted such efforts. But even if it's for more diverse boards, CIOs are maybe winning the way with 17% of positions in S&P 500 companies where CIOs, CFOs, or CEOs hold 13% 13 or less. The number of CIOs in dropping from 24% in 2015 to only 15% in 2017. So essentially, it's really going the wrong way. Today, the CIO role has evolved beyond the data centers and its focus is on driving business transformation, customer-facing initiatives, on-demand services, and developing smart cities and companies. It's not just about the technical guy who puts machines together or computers together. And if we want to have gender equality, we need those who are encouraging women to go into technology and focus on the management and operational side of the business with the focus of becoming a CEO. Today, we're going to be speaking with a woman who has made it to the board as a CIO and as a role model in the field of technology and is really an encouragement to all of us. Claire Priestley is the founder of CIO Plus One, a non-for-profit initiative designed to improve diversity in tech leadership within IT. Her events have hosted global speakers, futurists, TV personalities, and tech role models. 
CIO Plus One works on the basis of asking CIOs across all sectors to relook at their teams, identify talent from within their workforce, and get a underrepresented group represented. Where they have experience, they can meet. They have where they have experience, they have network opportunities, and they expose women to strategic level conversations, product demos, and so on, have privy to on a regular basis. Claire is also the director of IT at City University of London, where she is supported by a team of 135 staff covering a technical estate that spans 23 buildings over five locations and 20,000 users. Claire is an accredited member of the International Association of Facilitators and has had a practitioner role in this discipline for overall on the Aurora Women in Leadership program run by the Leadership Foundation for Higher Education and works in support of community development where she regularly speaks at events and mentors young people in the inner inner London community projects. Claire won the CIO of the Year category as the 2017 Innovation Age Women in IT Awards and was shortlisted finalist as CIO of the Year in the category of 2018. And Claire, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Kimberly. And what a great introduction. Thank you. <laughs> so, Claire, let's start a little bit um, just to, to tell tell the listeners about your story, because you're a role model to all of us. Um, <laughs> how did you get into tech? Uh, did you always start it? And what's a little bit about your story? <laughs> sure. Um, and, and thank you. I, I, I'm not sure I ever feel like a role model for other people, but uh, but great to know. Um, I never actually made a conscious decision to, to get into a career in technology, I think it's fair to say. Uh, unlike many people, I didn't set out with very specific career goals or a plan. And I think... Um, Actually, I think my current role is far less about technology and much more about people, people and the business. Um, my first real job was in sales. Uh, and, and actually, I thank sales because I, I consider it to be the ultimate meritocracy. And that was an environment I really responded to. I had clear goals. Uh, you know, there's real transparency of performance. There were well-articulated values and and clear and direct feedback. And um, when I joined sales, I thought I'd be there for a couple of months, but actually I lasted years and worked my way kind of up and around the organization. So that was my routine, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and how did that career then, how did that career transition into technology and and, and working your way up this career ladder? Yeah, I um I have a really high work ethic. It's something that I thank my northern my northern roots for. Uh, I I have a high work ethic, and I think my efforts were really well rewarded in sales. I got promoted very quickly, uh, and I was promoted quite frequently. Um, I took conscious decisions along my career path to to take sideways steps as well um, into things like training and development. Um, but but actually, I think mm-hmm. the first uh, milestone for me really was was being promoted into management for the first time. And I I've always maintained that the role of a first line manager in any organisation is probably one of the toughest there is. It, it's the one that we learn the most. And uh, and that was certainly the case for me. In in sales, I was managing highly assertive people, sometimes brash, always challenging, and and always in those days male-dominated teams. Um, so my early career was definitely the biggest learning curve uh, of all. And I learned there the importance of setting very uh, clear boundaries, unambiguous boundaries, and and creating room for individual style within those boundaries. Um, but I moved through a number of management roles there. Um, and this is where technology started to play a part in my career. It was the early 90s, and uh, and the organization was moving, and it, it must be said it was moving at glacial pace. It wasn't fast by any standard, uh, but it was moving into automation. And I was asked to set up a number of remote teams, a couple of which actually were specifically designed to introduce technology into everyday working practice, you know. And I didn't realize it at the time, but Actually, that was my induction into into business change, business change management. 
I started to learn about how we enable and facilitate culture change within organizations. So I moved formally into, into business change management and project and program management as, as a career choice. Um, and of course, by then, there were a few projects that weren't facilitated by or enabled by technology. So I think that was probably the defining point where tech found its way into my CV. More recently, of course. And, and in your first management position, and I heard you say, well, in your first management position, if um, I heard you it was in sales, and of course that was always been very male dominated, what was the biggest challenge, both as a manager as well as a woman, did you face in that first position? Well, I think I think as a woman in a management male-dominated role in that particular era, because we, we can't forget how far we've come, it was really the overall culture, the societal culture mm. that we were working within. Just to give you an example, on my very first day in that particular company, I was, I was told by my, my regional manager at the time that I couldn't wear trousers. I had to wear skirt suits to work because that's what women had to wear. And uh, regularly, you know, we were... <laughs> We were playfully, and I say that in inverted commas, tapped on the backside, and and there were, you know, there were gestures that were entirely inappropriate <laughs> because that was society in those days. I would walk in to see customers and, uh, you know, try to set mm-hmm. out a, a professional sale with with a guy that had a calendar on his wall with a half naked woman staring back at me. So I, I took a decision very early in my career to call out <laughs> all of those unsuitable practices, and you know, I, I literally used to walk into customers and say, would you mind turning that round, uh, you know, just so that we can have a conversation on a level playing field. And, uh, and if, if, um, if actually from day one of my, my career, when I was told I couldn't wear trouser suits, that's all I wore for about 10 years, which became a bit dull in terms of my wardrobe. But, you know, it, it was me calling out the inappropriate behaviors at the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's uh, I can remember those days, Claire. Really, I mean, so I can relate to them, hundred percent. And as you started, I guess my next for uh, the the women that are listening there, as you started, you went from the sales, you started to get into technology, and that also was very male dominated field. And um, did you feel exclusion, or was it difficult to get inclusion as you started to move into this other field? Well, actually, I mean, great question. But actually, in my case, no. And I think I put it down to this this backdrop uh, of meritocracy, the culture of meritocracy within this organization. Because they were so very heavily performance and, and results focused, it gave me license to demonstrate my skills and to and to very quickly establish credibility where other organizations possibly wouldn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I hear that I hear that quite a bit from women um, as they start to move into different fields that that inclusion uh, or or there are some challenges to being inclusion, but you didn't mm-hmm. feel any of that. Well, no, I think. <laughs> There are always challenges. As a woman in in a male-dominated environment, as a woman in in what is essentially a patriarchal culture, you know, we all face challenges. I think, as I say, I think the organization that I really cut my teeth in in terms of my early management career and my early successes uh, was good for me because it was so... It, it was so focused on output, so focused on performance, and uh, and your your value was mm-hmm. transparent because your results were transparent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that and that's that's really very very positive, especially in in the sales area. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to talk a little bit about your leadership positions, Claire. Okay, yes. move move into what you think today are most important things in leadership, but we're going to take a short break and um, we're going to, I'd like to go into that when we come back, because I think that's so important because you are a role model, you are a leader. And I'd like to hear a little bit about more about that. So we're going to take a short break now. And for our listeners, um, we are talking with Claire Priestley. She's the founder of CIO Plus One, a non-for-profit initiative designed to improve diversity in tech leadership within IT. She's also the director of IT at City University of London, and she is a accredited member of the International Association of Facilities and a mentor and role model 
on the Aurora Women in Leadership Program. Claire also won the CIO of the Year category in 2007 and is shortlisted for 2018. And if you want to reach out to Claire, you can reach out to her at CIO plus one, and that's spelled out as P-L-U-S-O-N-E on Twitter. And also, she's also on LinkedIn, so please reach out to her on LinkedIn. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. I, myself, am a CEO of Leadership and Diversity Expert, and you can contact me on leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Skilled migrants throughout the world can face a variety of challenges. Many times they settle for jobs that are below their skill level because their education and qualifications are not recognized. Do we need local experience in a global world? Join host Alma Besserton for the Global Workplace. We'll explore the issues being faced by migrants as well as showcase diversity and recognize the leadership and inclusion roles of some of today's top global organizations. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. And today we're talking with Claire Priestley, founder of CIO Plus One, a nonprofit initiative designed to improve diversity in tech leadership within IT. She's also the director of IT at City University of London. And she also was the winner of the CIO of the Year category at the 2017 Innovation Age Women in IT Awards. And she is shortlisted right now for 2018. So before, before the break, Claire, welcome back. Um, we talked you. a little bit about your story, which is really encouraging, and 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 um, really how delivery and and output. Because um, really, if you have good output and you have good delivery, there are really no gender issues in that because it's measurable. And um, I'd like to move a little bit on to to your style as a leader now, because you are you are one of the the only 11% CIOs on boards. And I'd like to know what you think are the most important attributes any leader, whether it's uh, male or female, what attributes they need to be successful today in this rapidly changing technology-oriented and international environment. 
<laughs> Again, a great question and uh, one which I, I hope I can do justice. I think um, if I if I start by just describing my ethos in relation to, to leadership, it might help. Um, it's my belief that actually my job is simply to create an environment in which really talented people can flourish. Uh, so I see my job as being almost the the gatekeeper uh, of the of the environment and and somebody that removes boundaries and and boulders and obstacles uh, that get in the way of my incredibly talented teams doing fantastic jobs. Um, so I, I guess in in response to your question, I'd have to say that vision is important uh, and the ability to compellingly articulate a vision, lots and lots of enthusiasm, uh, tons of energy, uh, and lots of curiosity. But primarily, it's a belief in people. It's a belief that people are at work to do the best possible job they can, and they've all got great talent that's there but for the sharing. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're creating this environment, Claire, and I think that's a really uh, powerful statement to create that environment where people can f- flourish. Um, how, how do you do that? What does that environment look like? Um, how do you create an environment that people can flourish in? Um, well, I, I think you start by recognizing that everybody has expertise that you don't have. You know, I, I started, I think, by saying I didn't choose a career in technology and, and I don't consider myself to be a technologist. And what that does is allow me to, to carry a card that, that allows me to say, but why? Why does that happen? Why would you do that? What if we did this? Uh, and really just to, to tap into the individual expertise of, of everybody in the room. Um, and I think it's, it, it's that uh, belief in people uh, and desire to to get their input into things that helps us form the the most rounded products, the most rounded teams, and and you know by definition, therefore the the best productivity bottom lines, etc. And product products, as I've said already, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and today, when you're talking about rounded teams and and environment, um, obviously w- with your initiatives, CIO plus one, you're focusing on diversity. But the, our our teams have become very diverse today. Um, it, it's not just gender; it, it's it's backgrounds. I mean, we work in a world environment. Um, is there anything special you do to to make sure those diverse teams can work together? Um, well. I'm not sure there's anything special that I do, but I think uh, it goes back to something that I said earlier about calling out unacceptable behaviours if I see them. Um, you know, I think we we set out quite clear ground rules in terms of what's acceptable and unacceptable behaviour, uh, and we are we are quite transparent in in those. We believe firmly in speaking out when we see things that are unacceptable. Um, I'm not sure that that's, you know, there's anything particularly unusual in that, but I think um, we're moving into an age that we've not really experienced before, as you well know, you know, we're, we're now looking at managing and leading up to five generations in the same workplace, uh, you know, multiple religions uh, across, you know, real and synthetic borders. Um, so, you know, we, we really have to concentrate on an environment that appreciates all um, and I don't know what the answer is to that, but I do know that we, we can be very clear about what's not acceptable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when you said I, it is true, because we also, a lot of these teams are virtual today. As yeah. you said, we're working, the borders are different. And a little bit earlier, you talked about one of the most important things that you do, is, one of the most important things in the environment is creating a vision and making it compelling. So yes. in this in this virtual world with these mixed teams, how do you cascade this vision and make it compelling? How do you cascade that down into or spread it out into your teams? Do you have yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, that's a really interesting one for me because, and I think this this harps back to my time in business change management. I, I've never actually, and I know there are different ways of doing this, but I have never actually come up with a vision or a strategy that hasn't involved participation at the very outset from both uh, all of my team members, but also all of the stakeholders. So I think the, the concept of cascading down, therefore, is almost redundant by the time we get to the vision because everybody's been involved in the process of, of designing and and developing the, the vision and the strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your entire team is giving input into that division. So by that point, it, there's a, a participation, a, a buy-in because yes, everybody contributed. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, I consider that to is be that the easy I'm, way. Mm-hmm. That's the easy way mm-hmm. of doing it okay. from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And and when you're doing that, Claire, because because you're a CIO and you came from sales, okay, and many <laughs> times in large companies, um, we work in <laughs> You know my question. <laughs> you're laughing already. <laughs> we work in silos, okay. Yeah. So so how <laughs> how do and you know sales and technology are. Comp- very often in two different silos, okay? So how do you, in your board position, your leadership, how do you try to work to bridge those silos? Um, Well, actually, I, I think it's really easy Coming, coming the direction that I came from, so sales into technology, I think is far easier than the reverse journey because part of being a salesperson, uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on that because it, it, you know, it formed a small part of my career, but, but quite a relevant one. Mm-hmm. But part of being a salesperson is around really listening and understanding uh, the needs and the requirement of your stakeholder, be that the customer or the organization, really understanding what's at the heart mm-hmm. of, of their kind of needs and and requirements and then recognizing what you need to do to match those needs to what you've got to offer. And I think that's exactly what we do with technology. We look at where the business needs to go. We look at where the organization needs to get to. And we understand how technologically we can enable and facilitate or sometimes drive that uh, for the organization. So actually, it's not dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and with driving that innovation, and that that always seems to be a question that I have when I'm when I'm talking to CIOs or or chief technology, because at the same time you're you're trying to create, you're doing the business activities today, but at the same time trying to be more innovative and forward looking on different topics. So, how do you balance that in your leadership? Okay. <laughs> It's a, it's a complete struggle. Um, it really is. Uh, how? It, it, I mean, it's the age-old challenge for me from a leader, leadership perspe- perspective. It's how do you manage your conflicting priorities? So we've got operational IT and you know business as usual on one side, and then we have to find the the capacity and the time and the and the resource to 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 seek out new innovations and better ways of doing things simultaneously. Um, I don't have the answer to it. I think if I did, Gartner would have employed me and I'd be speaking <laughs> around the globe on, <laughs> on the matter. Um, but, you know, we I, I, it, it's a tension. It's a tension in any leadership role. It just so happens that technology is, is the specific discipline I'm in. But actually, I'm sure it's true of marketing, uh, finance and any other discipline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. There are some statistics, Claire, that show that that this is a tough balance. Okay, you know, trying to deliver today, but at the same time positioning the company for the future. And um, there is a statistic that says that 45% of today's leaders sometimes feel unprepared to do their jobs. Now that doesn't mean they can't do them, but they feel unprepared. Do you have any? ideas why that might be? Do do you get any feeling from other leaders when you talk to them or yourself? Yeah, and in fact, I'm surprised it's only 45%. I would, <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would proffer that it's probably only 45% that admit to that being the case. Uh, I think everybody I know that I speak to in a senior leadership position feels as if one day somebody's going to tap them on the shoulder and and ask them how the heck they got there. Um, 
Why do I think it is? I think, I think we're very often, um, as successful people, people that that uh, that get promoted, that you know, drive themselves forwards. We are very often at the cusp of of you know, um, stretching ourselves just to the point of of our abilities before the next growth spurt in terms of our development. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I but I think that's why we have this constant feeling of of being just a little bit unprepared for the environment that we're in uh, because by the time people that, that are high achievers plateau they've already looked to the next role mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they feel that they're looking at what the needs are the next role and what about those are there you know talk about those next role okay and regardless of what um, some of the leadership skills that that we learned years ago are not really as effective as they are today. You talked about your wanting to create an environment where talented people can flourish. Um, if there's any one leadership gap that you think is out there today, what would that be? Mm, I think uh, so. There's a there's a chap in London called Theo Blackwell who is London's first ever chief digital officer. He was appointed last year, and uh, and he uses a phrase called the collaboration deficit, and this is something that the moment I heard it really resonated with me, uh, and I think that probably answers your question. I think we are facing a collaboration deficit in terms of uh, leadership skills. You know, we've seen a lot of emergent business models that disrupt the markets and disrupt the environments uh, that we work within. But what we haven't really seen is a parallel disruption in leadership thinking. Uh, you know, around collaboration and the power of partnership is where I'm I'm seeing this. Um, and Uber's a great example. I know it's it's one that's always cited where disruption's concerned, but, you know, there's no product, no stock, but it's all about relationships and it's all about contracts. And I think that articulates for me uh, this difference in thinking around leadership that, that we have yet to really, really get our heads around. Mm-hmm. So do you think, do you think we're still trying, we're, we're still struggling and trying to form what that you know, how that looks in the future. Okay? I mean, we know operationally what has to be done today, but what, what, are, what are those skills that may not be the classic skills that we always talk about? Because we always talked about these classic leadership skills, okay? Mm-hmm. But maybe there's something different that is needed in the future, do you think? I, I, I really do think there will be. Um, and I, as you say, I don't think we've yet understood what that might look like we're, we're not yet in a position where we can articulate it because actually we're still on the we're, we're still very much on that traje- trajectory of change um, mm-hmm. that is that's changing our working environment you know we, we mentioned earlier different generations at work different uh, geographical boundaries and in fact no ge- geographical boundaries different um, diversities uh, and so on and and I think we've got some really interesting times ahead as we start to shape and and observe different working practices and therefore the resultant leadership requirements from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would absolutely pub, I would tend to agree with you because it is it is very difficult to define and with a lot of the leaders that I speak to, uh, they can't really put their finger on it yet. And even though those classic leadership skills that we've always said are needed are still quite valuable. And of course, the, you know, we use them. We don't know what that future is going to bring. And um, Claire, with that, I'd like, we're going to take a break. And mm-hmm. when we come back, I'd like to, to talk to you a little bit about um, women in leadership. Okay? Sure. Women in leadership positions and hear your experiences and your opinions. And we're, we're going to do that after the break. So for our listeners, we are talking to Claire Priestley. She's the Director of Information Technology at City University of London and the founder of CIO Plus One and the winner of the CIO of the Year Award in 2017. And if you want to reach out to her, you can get reach out to her on LinkedIn and you can also reach out to her on Twitter at CIO Plus One and that's CIO with plus one spelled out and um, also at Claire Priest Lee with an eight between the L and the Y. And you're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America Business. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. And you can reach out to me with your comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And with that, we'll be right back.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America's business channel. And we are talking today with Claire Priestley, founder of CIO Plus One, a nonprofit initiative designed to improve diversity in tech leadership within IT. And she's also the director of IT at City University of London. So Claire, we've talked a little bit about your story and got your view on leadership today. And I'd like to, we have a large um, audience of uh, women who are trying to work their way up the leadership ladder. And I'd like to ask you some advice for them. But first, I'd like to ask you, what what do you think the greatest leadership challenge you see women in technology facing today? Because the numbers are not that great. Yeah, I think, and, and, and actually those numbers are looking to be not so great for the future. You know, when, certainly in the mm-hmm. UK, when we look at the number of uh, graduates in computer science uh let's say for the last year, which is around about 25,000. Again, only 17% of those graduates were women. So so the the pipeline, if you like, is is still not any better. Uh, mm-hmm. So we do need to we do need to do something about it. What's the biggest leadership challenge I see women in tech facing? I think possibly, and I say this really reluctantly, but I think possibly self-sabotage. I see an awful lot of imposter syndrome. Uh, and this is, you know, this is something born out of our culture. This is something mm-hmm. that, uh, that I don't blame people for. But I think we have to recognize it and be aware that, um, you know, women are more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome and more likely to manifest, you know, um, uh, a lack of uh, assertion into particular careers as a result of this than, than men are. Mm-hmm. Can you can you go into that a little bit deeper? What you mean by self sabotage and imposter yeah. syndrome? 
I, I, self-sabotage may be a little harsh, but, um, but you know, we know, for example, that uh, a woman looking at a job specification will look to identify with at least 90% of the, uh, of the desirable criteria on that application before she'll even consider mm-hmm. uh, submitting for it. Uh, whereas a man will probably look at 30 or 40% and think, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it starts there. It absolutely starts there with the narrative in your head that says, yes, I can do that or actually I'm not quite sure I can do that Uh, and I think we have to as women in leadership across all disciplines we have to really be aware of the of the narrative and check our responses in relation to how that compares to the job market generally Uh, and that means looking at our peers uh, that are men and saying what would they do in that circumstance how does that differ and why does that differ Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe I can change my behavior as a result. Mm-hmm. And and those statistics that you have just quoted, I don't know the exact numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but you're absolutely correct that that women are less likely to apply for a job unless they have the majority of the qualifications than men are. Mm-hmm. And um, when I when I think of that, and you mentioned the pipeline, yes. So so this is our this is conditioning, and and you know self sabotage. You're right. You know, that I've seen that, but maybe it's because we're conditioned to that way. So what could we do in this pipeline to get those numbers of 17 percent up to to help those women that are in in universities now or or even starting them as as young girls? Okay, you know. Yeah. yeah, it does start a lot sooner. Um, you know, I, I, I think it was Sheryl Sandberg, actually, that coined the phrase in relation to, to women in tech careers, the long and leaky pipeline. And it's exactly that. But what we do know is that it doesn't start until certain uh, decisions are made around uh, around your Uh, career opportunities at a very young school age. So in the UK, and I'm not sure what it's like in in other countries, but certainly in the UK, we know that there is a marked difference around the ages of 9, 10 and 11. And this this is when young women are making selections for secondary school education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that I have all the answers, but I think there are a lot of things that we could look at. Um, and I, uh, what springs to mind is an example of a, a friend of mine who is taking his daughter uh, to some open days, which is where they go and have a look at the potential uh, schools that they've got on their shortlist. And in those, um, in those open days, he went to, they went to look at uh, an all-girls school that did have a computer science function. But during the open day, the lab was closed. It was quite uh, it was quite limited. There was nobody there speaking particularly enthusiastically about any of the STEM subjects, actually, not just computer science. Uh, but the very fact that the, the computer lab was closed, I think, is unforgivable. Mm. Uh, and what he described then was taking his son to the school across the road, where not only was the science lab um, there, visible, highly interactive there were there were um, teachers speaking and infusing about the various different experiments that they could have a go at um, you know it's not surprising when we look at those kind of parallels that we see uh, boys still choosing certain careers over girls and I think we need to look at you know, trying to find parity of choice and parity of uh, role model behavior and parity of experience at every single juncture along the route of that pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good example. And um, it also goes, there's a little bit of a media play in that too, isn't there, Claire? Because when, when I think about, you know, I've heard that that phrase, the glass cliff, um, talked about quite a bit, you know, so they're only putting a woman on the top so she can fall off the glass cliff, not just break the glass ceiling. Um, (laughs) Do you think, have you heard that? I mean, they did that with Marissa Meyer of Yahoo and I think with Mary Barr of GM. I've I've heard that coined a few few times. Do you you think media plays a role in this at all in, in conditioning our mindset? I think undoubtedly. I mean, um, I, I have heard the expression. I'm not too familiar with uh, very many examples of the glass cliff. Uh, but I think the media definitely play a part, you know, we, uh, and that's true of our society today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, yeah. actually, and I just just as you say that, I wonder whether or not this is the time when we utilizing social media can kind of take some of that back and do something, you know, in response to Positive. it. Positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, there's a part of me that prefers to think it's it's less conspiracy and, and more just 
just culture. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is hard not to question why, you know, brilliant women aren't brought in a lot earlier than, than the, the kind of failing point in the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to believe it's not by design, but, you know, I suspect somewhere, somewhere down the line, somebody's saying, well, you know, we haven't tried a woman yet. <laughs> she can't do any worse, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but do you think now, I mean, we're, we're, we're both in the EU and, and we have um, the, the 2020. And what my experience right now is that companies are panicking. Okay, you know, as I said in my opening, scouring the universe for those those qualified people. Um, and I've seen them putting money into a lot of programs, but uh, it's kind of with half a heart. You know, um, what do you think? The, do you think there's something? I know in the university, you you have your CIO plus one program. If you want to tell us a little bit about that, what else can companies and universities do to help change this? Yeah, thank you for for the plug for CIO plus one. It's not actually a university initiative. It's um, oh. it's it's simply a tech initiative, uh, and and you know not sector specific at all. Um, and I'll come back to that if I may. I think. I think you're right in in some ways we see a lot of tick box exercises going on in organizations across the place. Um, actually, I also see an awful lot of uh, initiatives born out of individuals' desire to make a change. Um, and these are fantastic things. We've got things like um, Next Generation CIO uh, that, that BT actually has, has uh, founded. We've got STEM girls. We've got uh, girls that code, code first. Lots and lots of initiatives. And I, I'm talking specifically about technology here. What we haven't got is a global organization that's got a big amount of resource behind it that says, I'm happy to pull together all of these individual initiatives and provide a framework through which I can broker those relationships to make this a really solid infrastructure and something that we can really see profound progress in. Mm. And I would love to see an organization, you know, an international organization put their money behind something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be great too. And who knows, maybe maybe the EU with some, I mean, the EU has so many initials Horizons 2020 and other things that maybe they can try to pull something together um, yeah. with some some large organizations, and and I mean and we're talking about just not the opportunities, okay? But within the opportunities, Claire, there's still there's still challenges such as the wage gap. I mean that that's oh. a real situation. Um, uh, any thoughts about that? We'll fix it. (laughs) You know, I I think it's quite a straightforward one. I think, um, you know, and and it it is in in many in many countries and i'm not sure uh, that that applies to all of your listening countries but it's illegal in many countries to to have disparity of pay for for the same roles i think that should be a, an absolute no brainer um, i think for organizations where there is disparity i think it should be a question of you know fix it and and give you know there should be there should be policies in place that say fix it because what on earth what on earth could the reason be for paying two people a different amount for doing exactly. the same job. I, yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is something that 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 we do have to fix. But yeah. Claire, as we're getting we're getting towards the end of our um, our show, and this is great. I think you and I could talk forever on this issue. <laughs> so I could maybe do this a follow up in uh, in about six months and see where we've come. But in in closing, I, I'd like we to ask you for um, a couple, two tips of advice, okay, for our, our, our young our women out there trying to climb the ladder, um, trying to make it in tech. If you had two tips of advice, what would those be? Uh, okay. So I think the first would be specifically in relation to careers in tech. You don't have to be a technologist to have a fantastic career in technology. Um, and, and in fact, you know, with the with the rise of digital, it's becoming less and less of a prerequisite. Uh, actually, the more senior up the ladder you get, the more uh, generic leadership skills are required. Uh, and, and it really doesn't matter what your discipline is. You, you can't be an expert in everything's tech in everything technological at the moment. Uh, so be a great leader first and then look at technology as a discipline to, to find out more about. Um, the other thing is I would 
I would always concentrate your energies, uh, sorry, concentrate your career on where your energy takes you. I've, um, I've done a lot of kind of sideways moves in organizations on the basis that something excites me or energizes me. And those are invariably the areas through which you get your opportunities. Oh, and sorry, one more. Find yourself a role model and, you know, mm-hmm. let her know or him know and, and work with them. Mm-hmm. Super. And um, Claire, thank you. I think those are two great tips to end on. And for our for our listeners, we've been talking with Claire Priestley, founder of CIO Plus One. And just kind of a last question here. Just can you say a couple words about that again, Claire, for our listeners who about might CIO be interested? Plus One? Right, right. Yeah, I'd love to. So CIO Plus One was born out of me going to a lot of networking events and just seeing a sea of white, middle-aged, middle-class men as, as the audience. Um, and just to be clear, I have nothing against that particular demographic. Uh, I just couldn't relate to an awful lot of them. Um, so I kept going to these networking events and, and you know, it was absolutely the case that there were very few women there and there was a lack of racial diversity and any other kind of diversity. So I decided to do something about it. And um, in researching it, I realized that all I had to do was to ask all of my CIO peers to look at their own workforce again uh, and to come along to a networking event uh, with somebody who was on that trajectory of development, you know, a talent Mm -hmm. from within their team, but from somebody somebody that was from a non-represented group in terms of traditional IT leadership. Uh, Invite them along, get them privy to the same sort of strategic level conversations, product demonstrations, presentations, and so on, and get them networking. Uh, Find them mentors, find them role models. And that's the inclusivity we're talking about. So I think a great initiative. Thank you very much, Claire, Pri- Claire Priestley, founder of CIO Plus One. She's also the director of IT, CIO, CIO at City University of London. And Claire won the Future CIO of the Year category in 2017 at Innovation Age, the Women in IT Awards, and was a shortlisted finalist in the CIO of the Year category in 2018. You can reach out to her on CIO Plus One or on LinkedIn. And I am Kimberly Lewis, your host at Leadership Beyond Borders. Please reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Listen to us, download us. We have some great advice. We've had a lot of great interviews. This has been a really great interview, and I always have love having role models such as Claire on the show. Once again, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. you. Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. So please get in touch with us for leadership training, systemic team coaching, motivational speaking, and executive coaching. So until next week, my leadership tip for today, and I usually give one each week, is You need, you should have a mentor, as Claire said, a support system and a vision. And when you have these things, you can really propel yourself forward and accomplish what you want to accomplish in your career. And with that, I wish you all a good week. Please tune in to us next week on Leadership Beyond Borders. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.